Hey, sweet mama, do you want to feel patient and calm with your children? Are you sick of constantly overreacting, yelling, and even experiencing mom rage with your family? Do you find yourself up late at night consumed with mom guilt and remorse for your words and actions with your kids? Do you wish you could have daily alone time to feel restored and connect with God? There is a way to take care of yourself guilt-free and show up as a calm, patient, and kind mama to your kids. Hey, I'm Elizabeth, and I'm a stress coach for Christian moms. I'm a wife, a mom of four, and the daughter of the king. Want to know how to become present, peaceful, and calm mama? I'm about to teach you how to connect with God, master your mindset, set healthy boundaries, and be in control of your emotions. My friend, I pray that this podcast blesses you. I'm Elizabeth, and you are listening to Emotionally Healthy Legacy Podcast. Hi, friend. I need your help. Do you have 60 seconds? Have you left a review for the podcast? If Emotionally Healthy Legacy Podcast helped you become a better mom by managing your stress and your big emotions in a healthier way, I would be so honored if you took 60 seconds of your time to let me know how this podcast has helped you or what you love about this show or maybe your favorite podcast episode. In the show notes, there's a link with a video that shows you how to leave a review on Apple Podcasts. If you can leave a review for the show, it would be really helpful for me to get that visibility, increase my podcast reach, and help other moms find about this podcast. Also, it would help me feel encouraged to keep creating this content for you. Before you submit the review, take a screenshot of the review and email it to hello at emotionallyhealthylegacy.com to be entered into a monthly giveaway to win Emotionally Healthy Mom course. So, If you don't have an iPhone, borrow one from your spouse, maybe your kids or your friend or a coworker, and take a minute to leave a review. You can even do it from an iPad. You can even do it from your phone and your husband's phone. The more, the better. I would really appreciate this so much, my friend. Hi, mama. Is your home a hot mess? Is everything in your house super cluttered and overwhelming and you notice that the visual clutter is affecting the way you are handling yourself mentally and emotionally? Is this you? Well, if you relate to this, I have a special guest for you in this episode. Her name is Lisa and she is a mom of three and a home organizer and she's on a mission to help families downsize the clutter in their homes and help them create systems and habits for easy home management. So a while back, she lost both of her parents within the same year and she was faced with the tasks of cleaning out their house and through that experience, it led her to minimalism and that type of lifestyle and becoming a home organizer to help other families create simple home as well. She is also a host of Habits at Home podcast and I am so excited to introduce Lisa to you in this episode. 
Today, I have a guest with us. Her name is Lisa, and I am so excited to introduce her because we actually met in person last week, and we both live in Florida, and it's just super exciting that actually get to meet people <laughs> in real life that are also podcasters and doing you know, similar work, and we're on the same journey. So Lisa, welcome. I'm so glad that you're here. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yes. And we are going to be talking about how to create more peace in our physical environment at home because you specialize in decluttering and organizing and habits. And I would love for us to, before we jump in, just do a little icebreaker. Tell me something you've been loving recently. Okay. So something I have been loving recently is books, <laughs> reading books, fiction books. Um, I've just gotten into uh, thriller books. I've never read them before. I've always been like a ro romance type of book. I love Nicholas Sparks and I've read some Colleen Hoover books lately. And I think I'm on like book number 11 of this year. And I have several friends where we are off of social media, chatting in text messages, sending each other book recommendations and talking about them. So it's almost like I have like these little book clubs going on with just a couple of different friends last year and the year before I had subscriptions to audible and I was binging on all of the nonfiction business books and just diving in. And I just got not necessarily burnout. It was a, it was a great time of learning and great season of learning and growing my business. But now I'm in this season of like, okay, Lisa, you've learned as much as you need to know right now, now you need to rest. You need to put to practice what you've learned and you need to enjoy life. You've built this life the way you want it. Now you actually have to enjoy it. So I have been loving books lately. That's awesome. I feel like I'm still in the season of audiobooks. I have physical books, but I really don't get around to them as much as I love the idea of sitting down and reading is just the season with little kids. It's just not happening. And I think um, like for me, I will have my little one play in the backyard and I'm just walking around behind her and listening to something. Yes. So like I'm in the audiobooks season. But I'm a, I'm actually doing both, but I because I was I was doing some decluttering of my finances and what I'm subscribing to. I decl decluttered Audible for this year. And I am reading physical books, but I will find the audio version of it for free on YouTube and I will just pick up on the audio version where I left off on the book version because mm. the, the book version puts me to sleep at night. <laughs> so then when I'm doing multitasking and everything, I just pop in some earbuds and listen to the book version, which I've been able to find for free. You can also find it on the Libby app. Um, so yeah, you, there's lots of different ways that you can listen to books online. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. So if you're listening and you um, are a mama who loves to read, this might be good for you. It's just a nice outlet. I think it's just kind of like something you can do for yourself. Okay. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about you, your family. So you live in Florida, your kiddos, and how you got on this journey of being an expert with decluttering and organizing. Okay. Well, I think being an expert, quote unquote, expert in it 
I don't necessarily consider myself an expert. I just consider myself knowing a little bit more than the person I'm helping. And so I've always been a really organized, not I want to say really organized. I've always loved organizing. I would, when I was a child, I would mess up my room just so I could clean it back up and like reposition everything. My mom was a type of mom where I would come home from school and my room would be completely rearranged in a different setup. And I loved it. <laughs> it was like a mm-hmm. surprise. It was a Me surprise. Too. Me too. Yeah. I would do that too. <laughs> yeah. It was a surprise. And I love that she did that. And because I had that influence from her, I felt like I loved reorganizing and redecorating when I was young and HGTV was something that, you know, I always watched. I always wanted to be an interior decorator. I always wanted to, um, you know, at one time I wanted to be an architect. I just loved creating homes. Um, I loved creating floor plans and all that stuff. So all of that kind of made up who I was as this like, organized person. And so when I became a mom, oh, I was a public school teacher for a little while. And then when I became a stay-at-home mom, I found myself going to my friends' houses who were a little less organized than me. And I would just start decluttering for them, start organizing for them. And they loved it. (laughs) It wasn't something that they were offended by or anything. They're like, oh, are you going to come over and organize my house today? (laughs) Not a matter of like being lazy or anything. They just loved the process. And so as I, you know, just kept doing that in the year 2020, I decided I wanted to try out. I did this challenge for myself. I wanted to give back. I wanted to do something offline because I was doing network marketing at the time. And I was just always online, always on social media. And I wanted to do something physical with my hands. And so I made it my challenge to organize for 20 people in the year 2020. Well, I got to probably like eight or nine people. And then the world shut down (laughs) and I couldn't go and organize for people or they were just more hesitant. And when you do things for free for people, they value it a lot less and they're a lot less committed to it. They're a lot, you know, they're not as, I don't know. It just doesn't make as much of an impact when somebody has to put a little skin in the game. And so after I went through that experience, I thought I would love to do this for a living. And so that birthed my new business or not new, it's um, over a year old now, Habits in Home. And I wanted to help people declutter, but I didn't want to just clean up their space, take things away. I wanted to teach them the habits to keep it that way, because that's something that I had to learn. Um, I first became a minimalist, but it doesn't matter how little amount of stuff that you own. It you still have this this tendency to be untidy unless you learn good habits. So in a nutshell, that is basically how I got to where I am today. That is awesome. I know that for me, when I was introduced to minimalism and I decluttered my home, I felt so much lighter, like Mm -hmm. so much lighter, but also there's that aspect of maintaining it and not getting pulled in into like replacing that clutter. I remember when I was in my journey with like decluttering, I would also, it was like early 2020. Um, I had a best friend at that time and I came and she was not a minimalist. She had like, she was probably a hoarder on that side. 
And I remember we were in her bathroom, we colored her hair. And then I'm like, let me declutter your drawers, you know? And she had such a hard time getting rid of like old things that like, she didn't even know were there. And it was just like trash, but I'm like, it's going to make you feel better. It's going to make you feel lighter. And then like, after I left the next day, she's like, I opened my drawers and I feel like stuff is missing. Like I'm missing something. I'm like, it's, it's just the process. It's like when you're not used to it, it like takes an adjustment period. Mm-hmm. Okay. So how does our physical home environment affect us mentally and emotionally? Let's talk a little bit about that because I know that for me personally, it really, really does affect me. When my house is cluttered, when my house is messy, I am a lot more on edge. Everything feels extra overwhelming and I notice that I get triggered actually with my kids mm-hmm. more often. Um, the other week we uh, got home from visiting family in, in Minnesota and then we got home and I got the stomach bug that night and I was so exhausted and tired. So there were suitcases all over the house. Like things were messy and out of order. And I, I was so reactive. And I know that the messy home was contributing to it. Mm -hmm. So how would you say with your experience, like how does our physical home environment affect us mentally and emotionally? Well, think about it this way. Think about when you take a vacation and you walk into that vacation home and typically it is minimal. It's streamlined. There's not a lot of clutter everywhere. And it's, it's just what you need for that vacation. Mm -hmm. We always seek an long for the vacation to get away from our the lifestyle that we have bombarded ourselves with that we have you know created this overwhelm the sense of overwhelm in our home so without telling you without going into the science of how our physical space you know affects our you know our our mental well-being you could just have those experiences and just think about oh yeah when i walked into a spa before and how it was clean and minimal and there was a lot of white space when i say white space it means a break in you know so like say your your eye is traveling around the room and every object that your eye bounces off of that is creating a block And so when you have white space, it's basically just a blank space. And so when you go in different locations where they are more minimal in their decorations, it feels more serene. You've, you've probably experienced that before, but we think that our homes can't be that way because we have, we have seen in like architecture or, um, interior decorating, how people have taken it to the extreme and they, it's a very modern type of decor. And it doesn't have to be that way. You can have less stuff. You can have a more minimal lifestyle without it being like stark white. I know my, my office is very white right now. I always say that. And I always look back at my office. I'm like, oh yes. Okay. My office is white. However, I like it. (laughs) It helps me to feel really calm. So our, our space, when it is full of clutter, it creates a lot of chaos. It breaks, like I said, the, the, when our eyes are traveling around the room, it's always bouncing. And when our, my, when our eyes are bouncing, we are naming things. We are naming the picture. We are naming the diffuser. We are naming the cabinet. We are naming over and over and over all of these things without really even saying or verbalizing what those things are called. And so when your brain has to name things over and over and over, 
And not only name it, but it also has to recognize that, oh, I'm responsible for that thing. I am responsible for maintaining that thing. Those plants, I need to water those plants or that picture. I need to dust that picture. It's like this unwritten to-do list of things that you always need to do. Oh, that pile of clutter right there, that um, the, the, the mail that I haven't gone through, it's all of these things that are adding tasks to your plate and responsibilities. And so that alone can create a lot of, a lot of chaos. Then you have to take into effect, take into factor where not being able to know where things are when you need them and all the time that is wasted when you're searching for something. How many of us moms, how many of y'all, how many of y'all are always asked, where is this? And I'm like, dude, why are y'all always asking me? It's either I look or you look, but somebody is looking. I always tell my people that. And so when we create a space where everyone basically knows where everything is, you are automating life. You are offloading all of those, those questions that are coming at you because your people know where to find the keys that your people know where to put their shoes. So it's not only about minimizing your stuff. It's also creating these systems for where the stuff that you choose to keep actually lives. Yeah. And just having like, kind of like order, right. Instead of chaos in your home. I know that for me, when I walk into my living room and there isn't a lot of stuff there, like it just feels more peaceful and just calm. It's like, I can take a sign, a sigh of relief that every, like I have less to do. Like you're right. Like, it's like you are not as overwhelmed, even Mm -hmm. if maybe other aspects of your life are overwhelming, but then your home is an, an environment that you actually have full control over where you can create more peace and order. Cause I know that there's so many aspects of our lives that we can't control, right? We can't control other people's words and behaviors and their actions and like things that happen outside of us, but there are things that we do have full control over. And like our homes are one of them. And like one of the things I want to remind you that you are the CEO of your home. Like you run this household, you want it or not as a mom, you are kind of in charge, right? And so it is so important for you to kind of create an environment that is supportive and creates more peace and calm and order. So that leads us to the next question. What is the first step to creating like peace and order in your home? So if there's a mom that's listening and she feels like her house is a hot mess all the time, and she's really overwhelmed and she notices that it's just creating mental clutter for her as well. And just so triggering for her. Where does she start? Well, that is a million dollar question. Let me refer back to what something you said about that we're in control of our home. We are the thermostat for our home. So when we are, you know, when there's chaos in our home and it it triggers us, then we lash out and we're mad and we're stressed out. And that just creates this whole cycle of chaos. Okay. So for a mom who is at that point where she's completely frustrated, I have been there. I remember myself being, you know, yes, I've always been kind of an organized person, but 
when motherhood hits, nobody, there's no manual that comes with motherhood that you know how to do all the things. You're supposed to have all the baby showers and with all the baby, oh, and all the wedding showers. And with all of that comes everybody's idea of what is necessary for your home. So you have all of that. Then you have each person, you and your spouse come to the relationship with this, this idea of what the home actually is supposed to be like. And so as a young person, probably, you know, early twenties, I'm going to say you get married and you're trying to figure out life. And so I was trying to figure out life. I didn't, it didn't come with a manual. So a lot of us are trying to, we, sometimes we go beyond our capacity. I talk about capacity a lot on my podcast. And so we end up taking in a lot of stuff and it creates a lifestyle that is overwhelmed and just overfull. And you're, you're living beyond your capacity. You're living beyond what you yourself is able to handle. And so when you get to that point where you're like, okay, I've gone too far. I've stepped over the boundaries of my capacity. My cup is running over with all of this clutter and I need to get something has to give. And I remember myself being, you know, really a really young mom and saying, I wish somebody would just come to my house, light it, light the house on fire. And I'd be like, Oh, I'm so sad. (laughs) And I could just start over. I mean, do I really want that to happen? No, but in my mind of living in that chaotic situation, I wanted that you know, I dreamed for that to happen. (laughs) And so if you are someone at that point where you're like, oh my gosh, I'm so stressed. You have to first get to that point. The first step is getting to the point where you really want to make changes. What happens with me is I will go into a client's house or I will work with them online, helping them declutter, and they're not really ready. I will start talking to them about different things in their home. And they're making excuse after excuse after excuse. And I'm like, oh, It sounds to me like you're not really ready to let go and to, you know, create a different lifestyle. So you first, the first step is that you really need to get to the point of visualizing what you want your life to look like before you make any changes, you need to visualize what you want it to look like. You need to visualize how you want it to feel like you have to get so desperate for a change, because if not, you're going to be spinning in cycles. You're going to to, you know, declutter a couple of areas and then it's just going to pile back up. You have to get so desperate that you're like, I need to be extreme in this. I need to go. <laughs> I need to like completely radically change my life. Um, there are a lot of professional organizers out there that will say, oh, and, and, and I, I agree. Just start with like one small area. You can do that. But if you're really, if you really want to change your lifestyle and break bad habits, you really need to be on a plan of, you know, changing every room in your house. And that is something that I offer uh, through decluttering, virtual decluttering sessions and online um, and in-person decluttering sessions, as well as my online courses is basically taking you room by room, decluttering, downsizing, and then revisiting that maybe a year later. Okay. So Step number one is to get so desperate for change. Step number two is to create a plan or not not necessarily create a plan yet, but to evaluate what's working and what's not working. In in my online courses, one step that I have for people when they want to start decluttering is to do a a space audit. And you're basically taking one room 
you write the room at the top of this paper that's in this course and you audit the space and you say, what, what is working? What is not working? How do I want to feel in this room? What is it going to take for me to feel that way in this room? And it's, it's just a plan to walk you through. So if you want to DIY it yourself without taking the course, you can just do a space audit, look back, stand at the, at the front of the room, when you walk in the door and look around the room and scan from right to left or left to right and say, okay, how do I feel in this room? What overwhelms me? What needs to change? The next thing to step number three is to create a plan. And again, this is in my DIY courses, my decluttering courses. Um, This is a piece of paper where you will just from right to left or left to right, write down every inch of that room. Um, So I'm just going to take my office, for instance. If you walked in my room, I would say, okay, let's pretend I had some stuff over here. Okay, stuff on the floor. I'm going to write that down. Stuff on the floor, my desk, my computer, my cabinet, my bookshelf. And so you would write each space down. And then I have uh, a column on that. And you could create this yourself if you want to, where it's clear, sort, um, what is it? Clear, sort stage. Okay. So CSS clear sort stage. So what you're going to do when you're decluttering is you're going to clear that one spot, clear completely, get the stuff in a different location. Then you're going to sort it into the different piles, the donate, the key piles and the, the transfer to put somewhere else, whether it needs to be in a different room or not, then you're going to stage that area instead of what some people will say is like organize. I like to stage my house so that it serves me, that it supports me. I am staging it. I am setting it up. Some people will refer to this as like home staging where you're going to sell a house. Well, it makes sense that you would set up your life, like you would stage your home to support you and not just to sell your house. We need to take all of these these things, these practices that are out in the world and actually apply them to ourselves. When people are getting their home really minimal for vacation homes, we need to apply that to our life because it creates calm. Okay. So the step number one is to get so desperate for change that you are ready to take steps. Step number two is to do a space audit. Step number three is to create a plan and the follow through with that plan. And then step number four, I would say is to create systems to set your home up and systemize it so that you can actually follow through with the routines of maintaining. And so those systems that you set up are really going to support you in maintaining your home. Yes, that is super, super helpful. I'm glad you were kind of walking us step by step. Um, Just where to even kind of start? Well, what about that mom that feels too overwhelmed to even start? I think that is like my problem when something feels too overwhelming, it when it just feels like too much, I do everything to avoid it. I'll do everything else besides the thing that needs to get done. Like I don't enjoy cooking. I just don't. Mm-hmm. I'll do everything else around the house besides the cooking. Right. Like, but it's like, it has to get done. Right. Like, and so then I get to a point where it's like, okay, everybody has to eat. I got to do it. But I notice that I, uh, the task that feels the most draining and the most overwhelming is the one that I will try to avoid the most naturally. So what about that mom where she, that she's like, I am so overwhelmed. I, I, how do I even start? Like, okay. All right. I love this question. Well, I too am a recovering procrastinator. 
And I've done several podcast episodes telling my journey of um, procrastination. And so I know how that mom feels. I have two, two different suggestions. First of all is the doing it, the DIY suggestion. I recommend that if you're overwhelmed, I want you to set your timer for five minutes and I want you to use willpower and I want you to set your timer for five minutes and whatever tasks that you think you want to do, whatever it's like, oh, I need to, I need to clear off my counters. That's something that I, I teach and I encourage, and I'm always promoting on my podcast and anywhere else that you find me is cleared off counters. And so the mom who is ready to clear off her counters, I suggest grab a laundry basket. Laundry baskets are the greatest tool to use when decluttering because they are multi-purposeful and you eventually need to use them for laundry. So it's going to make you, (laughs) it's going to make you deal with whatever's in the basket, unless you have like 10 baskets and you just have laundry baskets all over your your home. So I, I suggest if whatever task it is, set your timer for five minutes and if, and muster up the willpower rather than the motivation, don't depend on motivation, muster up the willpower, take that laundry basket, clear, do the, do the three steps, clear, sort and, and stage. So clear the space, do, 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 get it all into that laundry basket, take a step back, admire the beautiful space. And like, Oh, it's so clear. Then the daunting task of sorting through those items, take it to a workspace, the workspace, I I like to use the top of the bed, a a floor that's really big and wide and not cluttered up or a dining room table that's completely cleared off. I always, always, always recommend having a workspace, a designated workspace where you're actually going to sort through these items. So that is the DIY step of setting your timer for five minutes and making yourself do just five minutes. Typically, once you get started with that five minutes, you're like, oh, I got started. I can keep going. And five minutes leads into 30 minutes and you're, you're, you're feeling great about yourself. Okay. Yeah. That's the starting part is like, I think that's the hardest is like actually getting yourself to start. And like, before we move on, I think for me, what is, has encouraged me and motivated me internally to actually do it, watching decluttering YouTube videos or listening to podcasts or books that teach on decluttering. I'm not even joking. It's like when you're listening to them or you're watching like Marie Kondo decluttering Netflix, you know, you know, series, like it literally just, you're like, oh my gosh, that looks so much better. It just motivates you to kind of like get started. So if you feel like completely demotivated, that is a little trick that I think might be helpful yes, for you. Yes, yes. And that's what I've actually told people who have been doing my my Simplify Your Home courses is when they message me, I'm like, you really, I mean, there's lots of good education. I go through five different modules, which is your mindset, your habits, um, taking action and actually creating the space by decluttering. Then I system- help you systemize that space. And then I help you maintain that space by learning how to reset it on a daily basis. So those are the five different modules that I take people through in those courses. However, decluttering... Now, some people have the skill of decluttering and organizing, but there's a lot of people that actually don't. For the people that take the course anyway, who do have the skill of organizing and decluttering and cleaning and whatever it is, they do take it for motivation, for motivation purposes. So I love that you brought that up by looking up YouTube videos. I do the same thing when I want to um, 
let's say, do, do better stuff in my business. I will listen to a business podcast, or if I want to be a better mom, I will listen to a parenting podcast. And so I think just surrounding yourself with that, you know, and that encouragement is a great idea. Okay. Other than the DIY, like setting the, the timer and, you know, making yourself with willpower to get started. If you need that accountability, I have two, two ideas for you. Message a person, a friend, and say, send them the picture of the the decluttered or the cluttered space and say, hey, I am so tired of this space and I cannot get started. And I'm going to send you a picture of it. And in an hour, I'm hoping to send you another picture of it done. If I have not messaged you back, message me, call me, make me do it, okay? So you can use a friend, a buddy to hold you accountable. You could post it on, if you're on social media, you can use your stories or doing a social media post as your accountability. So find some way to hold yourself accountable. I don't recommend using your spouse. That's just, it's just not a good... It doesn't make for a good relationship to use your spouse to hold you accountable. And so uh, that's the DIY route, set the timer, use accountability buddy. But if you need that extra support, obviously you can reach out to me and um, do some virtual decluttering sessions as well as um, my my, uh, Simplify Your Home courses are there as well. Yeah. And tell us a little bit about how does the virtual declutter work? Because you and I were chatting about this the other day, and I thought that was so neat how the accountability process works with you. Well, I love it so much. And I love talking about it because it is working and people are making changes. Okay. So how the virtual decluttering sessions work with the accountability that goes with it is I have a couple of different packages. I always recommend someone do an entire month. Typically, uh, let's, I don't want to say normal because what's normal nowadays, some people only need a month to work through their entire house to declutter it, organize it and systemize it probably a couple, maybe a month after that to really get habits in place and to, you know, establish really good habits and routines and systems. But I recommend everybody start out with a month. And so what, what a month would look like is I would give you four 30 minute zoom sessions and we would get online. We would talk about a specific place in your home, say it's your home office or your kitchen or your bedroom and your closet and all that, all the things that go in your, your bedroom. And we, you would show me your space and we would, I would ask you questions and, you know, I would help you if there's anything triggering or if there's anything sentimental that you are having a hard time letting go of, or just questions that you have for me, I'm going to pull back, pull out some things that you might have thought of. I am going to look at your space, give you suggestions, just having somebody else's eyes on your space will give you a a different perspective and it will help to problem solve some of the things that you are experiencing that are causing you to be frustrated in your home. So after the 30 minute session, I will take um, all of the ideas and all the suggestions that I made for you. And I will create a, an action step checklist. And I'll email that to you along with your zoom recording, your coaching call recording. So you can always have it, always refer back to it. And you will, for an entire week, work through that checklist that I've given you to do. And we will get on an app called Voxer and I will hold you accountable 
and you will send me pictures, before pictures, and during pictures, after. You'll send me videos. You'll send me texts. You'll chat with me. And so you get a whole week of one-on-one accountability and coaching with me through Voxer. And it really does work. And I, I love it so much. And so many people that I'm working with are experiencing a lot of success with it. I love that. I love it. And you know, studies have shown us that we are 90, I think it's even 95% more likely to succeed and like follow through a new habit or do something when we have support and accountability for somebody to kind of almost like guide you and hold your hand and check in with you. Hey, are you sticking with it? Are you doing this? Send me a picture. We're so much more likely to stay accountable. I know that when I started my early morning routine, I had a friend that she was an early morning riser. And I said, for the first like couple of weeks, I'm like, can you message me early in the morning and ask me if I'm up? And she would. And that was like my motivation because I'm like, oh my gosh, she's going to message me, ask me if I'm up. And it took me like a few weeks, but then it became a habit of getting up early in the morning before my kids. So I love this. I love like the process that you um, explained. Okay. So where can our listeners connect with you? Yeah. Well, I would love for you to come check out the podcast. It's called the Habits and Home Show. And my name is Lisa Lazat, L-I-Z-O-T-T-E. You can find me on social media currently. I do have a balance <laughs> on social media and how I use it. So you'll see a little bit of our farm life over there, as well as some uh, tips for decluttering and getting organized. You can also find me on Pinterest. But Overall, the best place to find me would be habitsandhome.com. And when you go over there, you can get my freebie, which is a free daily reset checklist. It is actually the checklist that I teach you how to use at the end of all of my courses to help you manage your home. So you can grab that over there at habitsandhome.com. I hope you enjoyed listening to this podcast episode. In the show notes, you can find all the ways you connect with Lisa, download her freebie, and take some actionable steps to start decluttering your home so your house feels more peaceful and orderly and create more calm in your days. Mama, thank you so much for being here. And if you found this episode helpful, please share it with a friend. Hi, friend. Did you learn something new or found value in this episode? If so, would you stop right now and share this episode with one Christian mama friend who has young kiddos and could benefit from this message? Word of mouth is the best way to spread the word and grow this podcast. Also, if you enjoyed this podcast, would you please rate and review on Apple Podcasts so I know that this content is helpful and I can continue to create more episodes. This is really the only way for me to know that you are blessed by this podcast. I'll see you soon, my friend. God bless you.